Hello, class, and you are listening once more to Podcast 118, a Hey Arnold re-education where every week two lifelong friends gather to re-watch, review, and relive every episode and movie of the classic Nicktoon Hey Arnold. I am one of said lifelong friends, Michael. And I am other said lifelong friend, Sean. Which really are. It feels nice to just say that. It's just like it's really like setting an intention and stuff. I'm totally getting it. My, yeah. my glasses. I'm also clink. not gonna lie. My glasses. The little clink is such a nice addition. It's it's kind of nice. it's kind of sleigh belly, which I guess works for this particular mm. episode. You know. Surprise! We're a, sipping a little bit. It's a Saturday night. Why not? We're we're all adults here. <laughs> it's Yahoo soda. Just drink it. <laughs> I guess I'll just ask you this now. I was gonna, I'll ask you. This, I was gonna ask you this later, but in your head, Canon, what, what does Yahoo soda taste like? Like, what is like? Do you think it's just like a cola? If I'm thinking pragmatically, then yes, it just tastes like a standard cola. Yeah, maybe. But I feel like childhood Sean mixed up Yahoo soda and YooHoo, so I figured it was like carbonated chocolate milk, which kind of sounds gross but also i'm i would be lying if i said i wouldn't try it there's i mean I'm, they make like chocolate stouts so i'm sure there's like chocolate sodas out there like like myers or whatever those other like kind of like specialty boutique soda brands probably do something along those lines that's fair yeah yeah i would try it yeah for sure <laughs> yeah all right oh well let's just get right into the fun the yuletide sightings of it all uh it's it is the season it is the season, August twentieth, twenty twenty two. Happy pre pre Christmas, as the as the Brits yes. say. I was watching. I watched all the Harry Potters recently, so it's all like Happy Christmas, Ron. What are you wearing? And my mom made it. Looks like you got one That's too. presents for me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the uh, Harry Potter podcast. Now, everybody. Surprise, Harry podcast <laughs> in the philosophers. Welcome to Hogwarts pod. <laughs> So be sure to be sure to subscribe to us if you're not already doing so on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Stitcher, probably a couple other places too. We're at pretty much wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, I also wanted to just say it's pretty cool. Like I've been checking our checking our downloads. Um, we're like getting pretty close to 400 cumulative downloads, which is like nuts for me. Why? I why don't know how or why. <laughs> so thank you to the random Twitter people. Whoever's seeing our Instagram reels, and I think it's being, I, you know, I definitely want to shout out to James from the Good Goods crew um, mm, for just, mm. yeah, definitely just supporting the project. Uh, Ken and Jeremy from the Weekly Real podcast as well. So thank you guys for your support and for, I think, I would like to think you guys have a have some hand in this. One of these days I'll pay for, like, the geographic listener thing so I can see where all these people are coming from. But wow. that day is not there just quite yet. Yeah, and I have to say, not one person has picked a fight with me yet at PC118. Yeah, that, that's next on the vision board is getting to, is getting so, to a fight with our listeners. Yeah, if there was a bingo card, that is an empty space, everybody. Okay. So <laughs> you're welcome to be the yes. first. Yes, please. Please direct all comments, criticisms, threats of bodily harm 
<laughs> to pc118pod at gmail.com. Really, if you just have anything you want to share with us and you'd like us to share it on the show or not, we'd love to hear from you. You could also find us on Twitter and Instagram at pc118pod. My Instagram real editing game has jumped up significantly, so I'm having a lot of fun doing that. Yes. Let us get right into it. Um, Today we are going to be looking at episode 11 of season 1 of Hey Arnold, titled Arnold's Christmas, uh, originally aired two days after my fifth birthday, December 11th, 1996, written by, again, uh, Oscar Kokoschka himself, Mr. Steve Vixton, and directed by Jamie Mitchell. So here's what happens here. Uh, Arnold tries to find Mr. Huynh's daughter, who was separated from him during the final days of the Vietnam War, as he carried out, carries out his duty as Mr. Huynh's secret Santa. The only man who can help them agrees, only if Arnold and Gerald do all of his Christmas, sh- Christmas shopping for him. Meanwhile, Helga must choose between a Christmas present for herself, uh, the Nancy Spamoni snow boots, and the perfect gift for Arnold. Um, just out the gate, this episode is... So just incredibly, I mean, in the grand tradition of like most, I guess, Christmas specials, Christmas TV specials, it's just super earnest. It's hmm. not the most, it's doesn't have a lot of like big laughs or jokes to me, but it's still hmm. extremely memorable. There's not a hate Arnold part of this one. Not so much, no. You know, I, mean, I, think, <laughs> I think we broke the streak that we broke the combo there, I think then. Yeah, I have to I have to swallow my pride here and say that Arnold had the best of intentions. Um, but yeah, this one, uh, it's really it's it's interesting because I feel like as a kid watching this episode, I probably didn't attach it to the actual Vietnam War. I mm-hmm. just attached it to like Mr. Wynn's story. Yeah, right? which may or may not be ignorance. I don't remember how old I was at the time when watching this episode. You said the year, so I should, but I'm dumb. Um, but yeah, it's a it's pretty wild like it 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 gets right in there like soldiers marching and seeing the shadows cast over the crib and like the very very specific motif of the fall of saigon with the with the helicopter evacuations which um interestingly enough i'm not gonna say that i'm a history buff but i'm reading a book of poetry um called night sky with exit wounds by ocean vuong it's a great book oh i've heard of that Um, yeah and i didn't realize that during uh, the fall of Saigon while the evacuations were happening, or I guess prefacing the evacuations happening, the like cue to know that it was time was playing Sinatra's White Christmas. Whoa. Um, okay. Yeah. So <laughs> that's the one little note that I wrote down to like connect the two things that mm-hmm. I interestingly was consuming at the same time. Yeah. Um, oh, that's fascinating. Wild, right? Yeah. And I mean, the. I mean, it's no secret that we've talked, as we've talked, like Dino Spumoni is just the equivalent of Frank Sinatra in this universe. And then yeah, even with the, the Nancy Spumoni, which like he, it was his doc. Oscar Pony. <laughs> that music sounded like selecting a car in like one of the first three Need for Speed games. Like that's <laughs> that's the vibe I got was like choosing your car in a PS1, PS1 PC era racing game. That music. A little yeah. bit. Yeah. Agreed. Because he actually did have um his was it it was uh, his daughter Nancy yeah Nancy Sinatra that's who we got that's who did boots are these boots are made for walking so I guess that's yes. the that's the sort of the real life parallel there wow did not connect those hey hey not hey I was gonna say hey Austin I meant Austin Powers when we get introduced to the fembots that's how I know that song and then it was further immortalized by 
the one, the only, the diva Jessica Simpson for the Dukes mm. of Hazard soundtrack, which mm. is a perfectly acceptable uh, TV adaptation or TV movie to movie adaptation. Michael, you're drinking from a Hey Arnold tumbler. I yes, I How am. Cute and on shout, brand of you. Shout out to Theo. He gave me this like four or five pack of uh nickelodeon pint glasses for christmas during lockdown i believe or my birthday so wow. yeah Make they're lasting out. they're lasting pretty good love that hey you take that sip thank Hell you thank yeah. you very much mm, no thank yeah. you <laughs> yeah. to all the listeners you you don't if you haven't listened to the earlier episodes you you're missing out on watching michael do things uh which i have a front row seat too so yeah. i'll do my best to uh to annotate that's okay I, I appreciate it it's like assistive mm. captions uh, when you're mm. when watching a DVD or a movie or whatever, it's uh, what I do best for sure, man. Um, so actually, yeah, this had me thinking a lot of when I was a kid when this episode aired. I was what five or six years old. Um, mm. so I'm curious, man. Like, what was what was Christmas like for you as a kid? Like, I mean, did you have like a particular like attachment or like sentimentality about it, you know, cause I mean a lot, a big theme of this episode is trying to figure out like what Christmas is about for you. We definitely get that yeah. juxtaposition between like Arnold's point of view, Helga's point of view, uh, to some other extent, Mr. Bailey's point of view, Mr. Wins, the borders, everyone kind of has their own everyone and Gerald being kind of like just buy everybody a tie, you know? So there, I think that is, <laughs> it, it's not really, it's not as overt as say Charlie Brown Christmas where he's like, can anyone tell me what Christmas is all about? And Linus is yeah. all like lights, please. But um, yeah. So what was, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, what was until they sit on the bench and say un- all of them? Un- like, yeah, that's true. Plot lines that's true. That's, <laughs> they might as well have been like sitting at the brick wall that Linus and Charlie yeah. Brown always chill at. But <laughs> Yeah, but I absolutely. do love I just do love those parallels. So, but anyway, I digress. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, Sorry, as, a, as a kid, like you know, what was what was Christmas for you? So my family, in short, is kind of like transplanted from like Midwest East Coast, right? Uh, so when it comes to like blood, that's local. It's really just you know myself, uh, my parents, and my sister. Um, but what always made it special was one. At some point during the week before Christmas, we would receive what I would call the uh, the in Christmas box, which is uh, like all of the gifts in this like large cardboard box from my aunts and uncles and grandma uh, on the East Coast on my mom's side. Um, so we would open that box and just like kind of assort them under the tree. And then Christmas Eve was actually with like a family we'd consider almost adoptive, right? Um, definitely not blood, but the matriarch and patriarch of my mom's roommate in college. Um, and that Christmas Eve tradition has been going to their place, um, having dinner, which is usually crab, and spending that time together. That's, um, that's awesome. It's really cool, right? Because I think Christmas for me is less about like the, the direct mom, dad, son, daughter thing, but more so about like the family we've chosen because that's all I've ever been exposed to, so. That's awesome. Yeah, it was it was more time spent than things things gotten for me. Right on. Yeah, that's great. That's great. A uh, quick note: um, if you found, saw like a change in the audio, listening back to this, I might have forgotten to like change my mic input. So that's what happened. If that is the case, I guess we'll see in the edit. But anyway, we'll find out. <laughs> we will find out. Also, what about you, Michael? Next. Wow, don't let me be selfish. That's cool. Um, <coughs> so we'll see. I think did my Christmas, Christmas. I think yeah, I did. I definitely did celebrate Christmas as a. As a good Filipino Catholic boy, you know, I think Christmas, yeah, Christmas has always been something that's been 
important. Like I not I, I find as I've gotten older that I'm definitely a lot more fond of Thanksgiving than I am of Christmas. Um, hmm. I guess that's kind of changing a little bit now, though, as as I get older as an adult. I mean, as an only child, it was definitely there was a certain sense of isolation is not the right word. But, you know, like it was really it was just me and my parents and more more than likely like my grandparents, you know. So it was very a very small knit type thing, you know, mid you know, I definitely have a lot of memories of midnight mass and things like that. Um, actually, I think most of my Christmases of my childhood were probably spent in the LA area because we would always kind of drive down because that's where either my grandparents were living until they moved or um, my dad's brother was living there with his kids. So that's mostly what it kind of was. And you know, growing up, like we definitely watched a lot of those mm. those stop motion, you know, like Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. But I think Rankin and Bass is what they're called, like the company that did all those. Um, mm-hmm. This Jingle All the Way, <laughs> obviously, Ooh, jingle all which the way. I there was definitely like what I maybe an accidental parallel. But when they go ask for the the, the Nancy's Pomoni snow boots and like all of the stores oh associates are like, oh, 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 this guy's asking for Nancy's Pomoni snow boots. Oh, maybe I can interest you in, tur- in turbo. I don't know. We can get them by July. <laughs> or, or or we have plenty of Turbo Man's faithful pet sidekick booster in stock. <laughs> Again, shout out Chris Parnell. I was it came out the also same year as Jingle all, Jingle all the way. So shout out Jingle all the way. I mean, if we want to just we can do yeah. whatever we want with the show. If you want to do like a complete like detour and just talk about jingle all the way <laughs> in a couple months we my can do favorite that. christmas movie jingle all the way there's yeah, another tie into that that's coming up and i cannot wait to share that with you so mm-hmm. but yeah i when mean it brings the bomb into the yes oh. yes i think there. yeah once we get to the bomb scare episode of a arnold if there, if there <laughs> if wasn't, arnold, that's yeah that's the it's the lost it's the lost curly episode <laughs> that never got produced oh, <laughs> written by oscar Kakoshka oh my god <laughs> uh, anyways <laughs> what is it about so one thing that again i mean of course another great thing Mascarpone. about this Mascarpone. sorry my buzz is hitting now i was gonna say it's okay um well i was gonna say another point about just the music um jim lang goes into into the christmas mode a little bit in a few different ways and mm. as a as a much more learned student of, of of music theory why is mm. why why do why do christmas songs translate so perfectly to like jazz there are a couple schools of thought let me also add a disclaimer that i am by no means an expert and most of this is my opinion than truth i think the first part of the conversation is that most of your classic christmas songs were songs that were originally produced as jazz right i mean sure you yeah. have the loungy I mean, we brought it up earlier, White Christmas, right? You also have Chestnuts Roasting, which is very lounge-like, and the general, like, emotion and setting that you're eliciting is by the campfire and kind of... Campfire, wow. By the fireplace. (laughs) Campfire lass. Um, Yes, by the campfire lass, uh, with very Scottish tones. Um, And they all kind of centralize around this, like, feeling of, like, being cozy in kind of, like, a room lit exclusively by the fire, which Mm, jazz just suits itself so well, too. True. Two most christmas musics follow the same or similar kind of like beat pattern mm-hmm. yeah which gives a lot of room for creative exploration yeah gonna with like where things are going up and down and soloing and soloing out and then of course you just have the fact that most christmas music is iconic so no true. matter how much you riff off of it you're still going to recognize yeah it. that's true yeah that's true 
Yeah. Christmas music is great. If there's any Christmas music haters out there, please, please start a fight with me. At PC1ATU18pod at gmail.com. <laughs> and a sp- and we'll we'll tell you to list specifically, we'll tell you to go back and watch this episode and listen to Jim Lang's renditions of Jingle Bells and Good King Wenceslas, and we'll wait for you to apologize <clears throat> to us. <laughs> Exactly. That's 100% what's going to happen because if you go to the email, you're wrong. Mm. Not not counting the uh, the Pataki family rendition of Jingle Bells. Capone. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, we actually got... I didn't realize, like, before we even get the whole dramatic Olga crying in bed episode, this is our actually first time seeing Olga. She doesn't have any lines. I thought she'd be like, Oh, Merry Christmas, baby sister. King, I mean, even Big Bob is pretty good you know like he's perfectly fine miriam is i mean i guess maybe her because her 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 and uh i know her and big bob are having the ignite like i waited 18 hours to get these boots for you dear she's so smug about it too which i mean good for her wait uh miriam yeah Uh, yeah a rare moment of just like civility in the pataki family but i think like when it's really i think i mean but then again as we as we come to know like it's probably just because of like Olga's presence. Yeah, they play they play it up when she's in town. They truly do. Sure. They truly do. <laughs> she's in college, right? Is that yeah, where she's, she's at. Wellington. She, like, she attends Wellington College. This is also our first time. I guess you could kind of call it a a gag because we see it in other like holiday centric episodes. We get the first our first instance of Grandma kind of me- mixing up her holidays. <laughs> she's wearing a full ass turkey <laughs> costume, and she puts a turkey on top of the, Give the, us some the festive t- music and plays Yankee Doodle Dandy. <laughs> <laughs> Which I I for some I have a I don't know shoot I can't remember if it was kindergarten or first grade but we had a teacher one of my teachers we were just really big into like making us sing in class like sing alongs so we just sang Yankee Doodle Dandy and. You're a grand old fra- flag. You're a high flying flag, like so. I have a. I think I just have a lot of childhood memories with Yankee Doodle Dandy Do or Die mixed up. And then later, later she's wearing a Happy New Year stole sta- sash on Christmas Day <laughs> with a little party hat. <laughs> just a little bit early. You, you rock, Gertie. Don't ever change. You were right there. <laughs> <laughs> I just love. I, I, we haven't really talked about this, but I just love. I just love. Um, Gertie's just her character design like the kind of like her and grandpa both kind of have this like underbite thing going on but it's just really mm-hmm. endearing for both yeah. of them too my my grandmother is a lot more straight laced <laughs> shall we say but she <laughs> she looks she looks out for me all the same yeah I appreciate it yeah, she's got Love the that. kooky like little Harry John Lennon well not not like the John Lennon here in the in the city mm-hmm. but like real life got John it. Lennon <laughs> <laughs> but back to like the Mr. Wynn of it all, which is, I mean, yeah. through this episode alone, and we got a couple other instances too. I, you know, a couple other episodes definitely are like points in his corner. I think this is the most deeply developed boarding house member. Absolutely. Like, which is also yeah. cool considering like that he is also Asian and like actually was voiced by a Vietnamese American voice actor which is which is cool and like even his daughter Mai was was uh I checked in the cast uh on the credits like you know that was she was she was Vietnamese too so it was just really authentic really like super authentic representation which is and they don't like hammer beat you or hammer you over the head with it they really like humanize and normalize this like Mr. Wynn and 
his presence and why he's there. And it's just like, regardless of how much of a fan you are of the show, it's like if you even have like fleeting familiarity with Hey Arnold, people know about this storyline. This is like, this is the Hey yeah. Arnold equivalent of freaking Fry's dog in Futurama. Of, yeah. 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 Oh my God. Don't even bring me there. Right. <laughs> we'll uh, save that for the Futurama podcast, which we God. could do after when we're done with this. Fuck it. <laughs> I mean, I. <laughs> Would be happy good. to sign myself up. Good that. pod, everyone. Oh, calling oh, it now. There it is. Okay, see you at the next start a fight with Sean in the email thread. <laughs> good fight pod um. at gmail.com. Good good pod <laughs> yes. fo- good pod at gmail.com. We need a separate alias for it. Mm-hmm. Mr. Wynn. So when Arnold is speaking with Mr. Wynn to understand or identify the best kind of gift to get him, it was really exciting to see what felt like a pretty true representation of how like an Asian American would interact with just a pure American Yes, in that like Arnold was trying to like find out some knowledge and Mr. Wynn not only would provide all of the context but provide additional detail Mm -hmm. and then try to like add some service to it right like the sweaters is the is the perfect example it's like no I'm 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 fine if these are all the ones that I have. Do you need one? Like, those are just things that I could see yeah. my mom doing, my what? my popola doing. Like That's adorable. Yeah, totally. Totally. You know? Or even being like, I wish I had some candy to offer you. Like, that whole bit. Like, so, so selfless. And I mean, again, like, which we kind of yeah. come back to in a couple seasons. Like, he truly is a man who just needs the simple things. You know what I'm saying? Like, we can't wait. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to get to that episode. But yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Absolutely. Mr. Wynn is a, uh, I mean, it's, it's unfair to compare him to any other borders if we're going chronologically and what we've received so far, but like he's, he is a top tier border, if not the top tier border. Yeah. I, I, I might, I think I might give you that. I think it goes like him, Oscar, Oscar and Ernie are kind of tied, but I think like Oscar just gets, we don't really have like Ernie sent. I mean, like Ernie's probably just like the next possible runner up, even though he is mm-hmm. just a lot more of your like sad sack comic relief you know so do you remember how the uh when they're at the in the door 16 episode when you know they they make the shopkeeper he falls off the ladder and he's like oh maybe i should get another job he in (laughs) fact got another job (laughs) he did (laughs) while still wearing while still wearing his same little like i just can't get over the character design like it reminds me of uh that scene in beetlejuice when they like, when they pull their faces to like look kind of weird and monstery, like yeah. he looks like that, and he just kind of looks he like he'd be voiced by, by like Hugh Grant or something. He does look like Hugh Grant. He's like the British Stinky. Like if there he... was an episode where like Stinky somehow has family from the UK, it would just be somebody who looks like this, and he's like, oh, cousin, I must say this is highly unpleasurable, and then. Think you'd be like, yeah, this really bites. This guy also has the underbite ball sack chin. Yeah, the Peter Griffin. Yeah. Yeah, he kind of does, and it's like his lower lip though, so it's kind of like an inverted version of that. Am I rude to say I hate him? The the boulder guy. I mean, he is kind of a snob. I, I dislike him. Yeah, I think that's all right. That's fair. But the uh, the MV or like the surprise MVP of this episode is one one legged Bob the affable railroad tramp. <laughs> yes. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> just out of nowhere too. Like, I think we needed they needed I think they knew they needed at least one just like sight gag like serious sight gag laugh in yeah. this episode. So they kinda gave it to her. They gave it they gave it to Helga. 
And she was the right person to deliver it. Yeah. And again, too, everyone's just really like sincere here. Like Helga isn't trying to mask her, her desire to find a good gift for Arnold with her usual, her usual bluster and aggression. Like mm. she's truly trying to find the perfect gift for Arnold and Arnold's trying to find the perfect gift for Mr. Wynn. So I think like thematically, you know, it's ultimately about that whole notion of just like paying it forward, I guess, in a way, which you don't even mm. really realize that I think none of the characters really even realize it, you know? Yeah. And it's actually yeah. that like this early, <clears throat> like this early in the show, you get just this very sort of honest, honest m- sort of arc for Helga like yeah learning to be selfless having that moment i wish i would have thought harder about this while you were talking about it but this is not the first and this is not the only time that we have this parallel of like helga and either arnold or gerald exploring the same moral dilemma Uh uh-huh right Uh um what were you thinking i don't have the reference were you thinking like ruthless or arnold's hat or kind of a little of both yeah right where both of them are trying to answer the same question effectively. Yeah. You know, and in this case, it's the, what does it mean? Uh, or what does Christmas mean to mm-hmm. you? Or like, what's the true meaning of Christmas? Yeah. And how, at least at the end of this episode, like the two things intertwine and end up affecting one another. It's pretty rad. And Helga, like the first note I put on here was actually my last thought, which was just fuck yeah, Helga. Because the fact that she was selfless about the delivery was sublime. Yeah. She didn't need to be in the room. She didn't need to make it about her. She was outside and fuck. Yeah. Like hell yeah. Yeah, totally. Like to showing that, I mean, showing that she just truly cares. She truly cares about Arnold. And it's just like, if anything, Mm -hmm. that's probably, it was probably just easier for her to do that than to like outright be like, Hey Arnold, like I went, I heard what you were saying to Mr. Bailey, like, you know, like, so Mm -hmm. like, for where she's at <clears throat> regarding her like dealing with her feelings for Arnold and you know trying to sort of listen to her better angels and everything like that this this felt completely just yeah made made total sense for her character at least where she's at where you know where she is right now and just yeah i forget how <clears throat> that earnestness of her just standing out in the snow like hold clutching her hands together like merry christmas arnold like come on dude like that's really that's amazing and she didn't give us any of the like poetic standard Helga stuff. Like it was, I would argue that even the poet, like the poetic side of her, is is genuine. But this was just like Helga being Helga, like Merry Christmas, mm-hmm. yeah, without giving too much, yeah. of the uh, standard Helga feel, yeah. And I think that's the other mm-hmm. thing too. It's like even if it is a Christmas story, a Christmas narrative, and like a lot of you know Christmas narratives that we have referenced or that we think about like all the kind of great the cla- the greats the classics your again your mm. Charlie Brown Christmases your it's a wonderful life all that stuff they get pretty ham-fisted in a certain sense with it too sometimes with like especially with like imparting their morals and stuff this yeah. one i think still this is truly the hey arnold version of that where it's like it's not not a downer but it is very just like it it does feel like an, an underdog site type story throughout the whole thing whether it's Arnold and Gerald trying to find all the gifts satisfy Mr. Bailey or Mr. Wynn's whole deal Helga's search to for Harold's search for you know 
the gift and the meaning of Christmas and everything like that. But yeah, it is very still, it's it's the way, in, it's delivered and rendered in the way that only Hey Arnold can. The fact that they did this out the gate in like season one is, that's pretty, I think that just shows a lot of, not just courage, but also just like, they knew these, you know, Craig Bartlett and everybody involved, like they knew exactly kind of what they're doing who these characters are. So it's just, it's, it's extremely confident on their part. Yeah, it shows that they know exactly where their characters are, what their motivations are, and like how they would be interacting in a more serious context than we've seen them in. Even to the point where Helga has to literally say out loud my favorite line, oh, criminy, not another moral dilemma. Yeah. <laughs> she's been through a lot, yeah, with the hat and everything. Like she's she, Yeah. She's had her fair share. But I think here she was a little more a little more just like resigned and just like, Yeah, this is okay. I'm all right with this. This is fine. <laughs> Great episode. Yes. Like through and through and through. Like you said, this is this is a storyline that everybody knows or should know. Mm-hmm. If you haven't seen it. Yeah, for sure. That's a good one. Real quick, I forgot to ask, like, you know, what were some of your, I mean, as a kid, like, what were, besides Jingle All the Way, which we all know, what were some of your other, mm. like, Christmas, like, standards in terms of, like, movies or TV mm. things? Love Ac- Love Actually is up there. Okay. Uh, Charlie Brown Christmas was a recurring theme. Yeah. I f- feel like I watched Santa Claus more yeah. often than I want to admit. Uh, no, I, I'll join you there. I love, I do, I mean, I know Tim Allen is kind of controversial now, but I, he was a childhood staple for us, for sure, for yeah. our generation. I rock with Santa yeah. Claus, uh, even though Charlie is an entitled little brat, but I think. He Absolutely. Is, he is too, Santa. You know who he is? You don't. Remember. <laughs> It's it's pretty it's a pretty great like divorced family drama too. (laughs) Maybe that's why I liked it. Divorced family drama, yeah, (laughs) yeah. Those are the those are the mainline ones that come. Yeah, I think I think that's it for me too. Again, besides like the Rankin and Bass things and. Damn, I want to watch Shingle all the way now. Is it still? It's is it? I feel like it's always streaming somewhere. All you need is a. It's just like I told you at the Labor Day barbecue. Uh, it's only streaming on stars. Okay, I should probably grab that. Should probably grab that at Amoeba Music or something. Yeah, you definitely should. Let's do that so we can. I'm 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 deadly serious. We'll talk about. We'll have a whole divert diversion episode where we just talk about Jingle all the way. <laughs> yeah, and I'm next cool. time I'll be deadly serious. Next, next time. time. Never mind. I watched I watched Godfather last week for the tenth Annie. Wow. Or twelfth. Did 12th, you love it again? Annie. Honestly, like. I think because I watched, uh, what did I watch last night in Soho recently? My fondness for Edgar Wright was sort of renewed. Yeah, I, I definitely, I still had a lot of fun with that, for sure. Use of color yes. is a strength of yes. Edgar Wright's. Yes. All right, everybody. So that is our take, our observations, mm. our review of Arnold's Christmas. And we hope that puts you in the Christmas spirit as we head into the end of summer. I suppose, I guess, depending on where you are. But it's it's cool. It's great. It's Christmas all year round, baby. I listen to Charlie Brown Christmas, like the Charlie Brown Christmas soundtrack on the regular. So it's I, worth it. I am one it. of those peeps. But yes. Yeah. So, so again, so please join us again next week where we will be covering episode 12, uh, Benchwarmer and Cool Jerk. And again, Ooh. you can find these. Yes. Yes. Super psyched. Stoked for that. Um, you a cool jerk. You can, oh, sweet. Uh, you can find these on Hulu, <laughs> Paramount Plus, or DVD where I'm watching it or to pull my screen caps. And it's actually like really cool because I'm like, this, you know, this is officially, this is the third disc in the DVD set. So it really is just a nice physical indication of how far we're getting in the show. 
and everything. So I am digging that quite a bit. Again, feel free to find us wherever you hear your podcasts and feel Mm. free to usher character assassinations to pc118pod at (laughs) gmail.com. That's just, it's a fun word to say, even though it's a terrible thing in principle. So I guess the real thing is, I mean, the main, the main lesson here I would say is pay, always pay it forward, you know, try to think of others when you can. And, you know, the most fulfilling thing sometimes you can do uh, to help yourself is to help another person first or at the per- at the same time. And, uh, you know, never eat raspberries, especially if you chase them with eggnog, especially the kind of eggnog that Miriam Pataki is probably drinking. Bye. On the regular. Bye. Bye. <laughs>